Covering all the big issues from round seven of the NRL, this is The Fend. Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of The Fend. My name is Adam Hawes and I'm joined by rugby league legend Gary Jack. Jimmy, welcome. Thanks Adam, it's great to be here finally after what round... Six of the NRL. and You don't want to rush these things. You just want to make sure you get it right. No. We're, we're ready to talk about all the controversial topics of the game, and I've been waiting this day for a long time. Yes, and a quick refresher for our listeners. Now, you debuted for West back in 1981. You played six games for them, 244 games for Balmain, 17 state of origins for New South Wales, 22 test matches for Australia. That's not a bad record. Uh, you actually kicked one field goal. Do you remember that? Yeah, I kicked one field goal for, for Balmain in 83 as against Penrith. I think we won the game by a point, uh, and that was it. After, after that, I couldn't get the ball of Benny. <laughs> Benny kicked 23 <laughs> in his career, and I, I kicked one, and that was it. And a couple of conversions, too. I, I did kick two out of three in my entire career. I kicked um, one, one at Balmain. Uh, sorry, two, two at Balmain. I kicked three out of four, actually, wow. and, and one at Sheffield over in the U.K., Watch out, Ross Conlon. You should have had the job there. No, I was right? a Keith Barnes toe poker. Ah. I was no Roscoe Conlon, no, mate. But so 66% is a pretty good percent to, uh, to retire on. Yeah, yeah. Quit while you're ahead. Uh, we'll no doubt take the odd stroll down memory lane uh, as we continue on with the Fen. I have four rules for this show, Jimmy. It's got to be fun. It's got to be factual. It's got to be feisty. And, of course, it's got to be about the footy. So we're going to stick to those. I know you wanted to drop a couple more F-words in there, but... We'll just stick with those for now. That's four F words is plenty for me. <laughs> and at the end of the show, of course, we're going to have the fend itself, which is where you can unload on something, an issue that's got under your skin from the weekend's footy. So I trust you have something in store for us a little bit later on. Yes, thanks very much, Adam. I'll certainly be fending left, right and centre. Okay, look forward to it. Uh, now let's just uh, kick things off with a little look at the ladder, shall we? Could you just uh, tell our listeners who's top of the table? Oh... What's the matter, Parramatta? How's that for (laughs) The view looks good from up top. Parramatta on fire. It's been a long time coming, but mind you, they have been number one before and failed failed visibly. Hopefully, shades of 86, they'll they'll be there this year. Let's hope so. It's been a very, very long wait. I didn't think uh, as a 12-year-old I'd be waiting this long for our next premiership. (laughs) Now, um, well, let's um, kick things off from round seven with your Tigers, West Tigers, uh, Big win over Canterbury, 34 points to six. They also beat a pretty poor Cowboys side the week before. So let's just settle down. I know you're very excited. You think this is a signal they're going to go on and win the competition. Mm. But they are looking good. They are looking good. And look, on the back of their defence, and that's why, you know, Maguire, he got rid of Benji out of the side and dropped Benji, you know, because he wanted that steely defence. And that's probably not Benji's forte. He's a great organiser. Um and made some hard decisions, and it's starting to, to get the dividends for the Tigers. There was a great you know, defensive win, you know, 34 points to six that set up the win. is all about defence, and um, I think that the team is really starting to, to play well together. But obviously the key player there for the Tigers is Harry Grant. What a buy. Seriously, Cameron Smith's understudy. He's just fantastic. You know, he's been absolutely fantastic for the Tigers. Um, great, Very good pack going forward. Um they hit it up, they, they play it quick, they play with discipline. And, you know, it's, it's great for, for the Tigers to be up there. And, you know, it's six, long way to go, but they're certainly on the improve this season. Yeah, they had some uh, wonderful attack. Uh, Joey Leilua seems to be slotting in now. I, I really like his brother, uh, Le- Luciano Leilua. Yes, yeah, Luciano played very well yeah. the weekend. Yeah, he, he did a lot of hard work. 
But the real test comes Saturday night when you take on the Panthers. Panthers are looking really good. They're running second behind the Eels. Yeah. Uh, they look a, a different team this year, a lot more uh, fortitude in defence. Yeah, from, from what, I've, what I've heard, they're a very happy team. They weren't happy in the past, but they're a very happy team this year. So you always, when you play your best footy, when, when you're you know, in, a, in a good headspace. And um, yeah, look, Cleary's certainly playing very well. You know, he's a fantastic halfback. He, he had that big boil on his head there on. <laughs> He looked like you ever seen a bloke man. with a boil before? Like, look, I saw yeah. saw um, Matty Parrish had one overseas about um, 15, 20 years ago, and it was it was like like a third eye, and you had to, he, he had to put a patch over it so he wouldn't go out. He wouldn't go out because just too, it was just too. He looked straight at his head. Yeah, <laughs> but, but anyway, besides the boil on his eye, he was um, he was he kicked, he didn't kick very well at all. Actually, kicked what one from four, um, but he, he set he went set up the try with that um, match winning try at the end. Yeah, he's in great form. I think it's the best form he's been in, actually. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's uh, certainly steering him around nicely. Uh, now, speaking of playmakers, Benji Marshall, he can't get a start for the Tigers. There's a bit of talk that he'll be shopped around. Maybe the Warriors could pick him up or the Eels. Uh, give him a run, you know. He's a legend. Why is he sitting mm. on the bench? What's mm. your thoughts as a former Tiger? Should they keep him there yeah. as a backup, or should they give him the chance to go and play somewhere else? No, they should keep him there. It's a very difficult situation when a player... Benny Golden Boot winner, you know, so many tests for New Zealand, one of the best players ever played the game. You get towards that 33, 34 part of your career, you know, and he's a great game management, but it's that that defensive aspect that the coach is looking for. So, you know, if, if you have to drop him, and it's had, had a, a great effect so far for the Tigers, when do you bring him back? I'm sure it won't be too far down the track. There'll be some injuries, players will lose form, and he'll come back in. And I'm sure... Benji's a very proud person about his performance, and I'm sure he will lift himself and put him put himself into positions where he has to make tackles for the Tigers because he wants he's a Tiger through and through, and he wants to be there if the Tigers going to be in the semis at the back end of the year. And I think he's if he does get an opportunity, he won't let the Tigers down. Yeah, and Michael Maguire has now said that no, he's staying. Of course, he's part of our plan. You need depth. Of course, I you mean, back back when you played, you'd have internationals playing reserve grade. You'd bring them in. These yep. days, of course, if you get dropped out of first grade, your manager's on, on the phone trying to get you a new club. Well, I can tell you right now, I picture Cronulla aren't wishing that they hadn't let Brett Morris go. Uh, Josh Morris, yeah, that's Sorry, right. Sorry, Josh Morris yeah. go. He was there because they get a couple of injuries and all of a sudden the whole season can can turn on, on an ear. All right, speaking of um, uh, loss of players, the Roosters, uh, Victor the Inflictor. Yes. Nick Radley, he's out with an ACL. A uh, backup hooker, Sam Berrells, who did such a great job in 2019. He's out both with ACLs at Bankwest Stadium. Last weekend, do you think the Roosters can still go on and win three straight premierships? Ooh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's certainly going to have, have an effect to their to their forward line. Uh, we've got Tedesco coming back this weekend, but certainly Victor the Inflictor uh, is that, that great. He's a great great player, great works around the ruck. They're certainly going to miss his hit ups and his, his courage around the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, when they play against the better sides how they do how they do attack because he does a lot of work around the middle. But aren't they amazing, the Roosters? The, the hunger in that team, they've won two competitions in a row. You, you mm. can excuse them perhaps for maybe losing a bit of that hunger. They've already climbed the mountain twice, mm. but they just dig deep. In that game, the Dragons, I thought they were going to go mm. on and win that game for sure. With all the, Don't forget Tedesco didn't play. Yep. Josh Morris didn't play. Yep. Plus the injuries in the running. Boyd Cordner got split open. Yep. The Dragons uh, went ahead. I just thought... Mm. Yeah, the Roosters can't surely yeah. can't win this one. Yeah, and they and, did, and they did. They, yeah. Cleary was fantastic again. You know, he just sets up those at those big moments. He steps forward. Oh, yeah. That's that experience of playing from Origin. And the week before the Roosters were absolutely probably the best game of the year. The week before, so 
I thought, wow, no one will beat them. But now they've had a couple of injuries. You know, it's certainly it's still very close to premiership, and they're going to be hard to beat. But when you haven't got a salary cap, you've got a sombrero. You know, it's very oh, easy with that sombrero to uh, get away high under the sun. Controversy. <laughs> Uh, the old Roosters Bondi sombrero, you think? Okay, interesting. Now, ben, Brett Morris, I call him the Benjamin Button of the NRL. He just keeps getting better <laughs> with age. He, yes. he scored three tries. Yes. Incredible player. Incredible, incredible. You wonder why the Bulldogs, how the, how the hell did the Bulldogs let him go a couple of years ago? Yeah. And it's just amazing. He's... I'll tell you a true story about the, back in 1987, I went to Salford to play footy. And on the same plane with me was uh, Steve Morris and his wife and the, the two twins. Yeah. Got flying to England. Yeah, Kieran was only about three months old. And uh, for 24 hours, those Morris kids were uncontrollable <laughs> on the plane. They took turns at screaming, doing backflips. They just couldn't control them on the plane. Yeah. Um, I said, bloody hell, slippery with those kids, those boys of yours, they're hard work. And now they've turned up and they're just great players and, and, and great men as well off the field. So yeah, I've, I've watched those kids come all the way through from when they were little toddlers. Wow. Yeah, they certainly are... Um Incredibly uh, talented brothers. Now, the Chooks, they play the Storm Thursday night. That is a, a blockbuster. Melbourne, though, they've had an injury. They're missing Cameron Munster. That's going to uh, really test them out. He's got a knee injury. Um, mm. I, I can't see them beating the Roosters without him. No, no, no. Certainly not with Tesco coming back into the side. They'll be uh, without those two other injuries there from the uh, Victor, the Inflictor, and uh, what's his name? Verils, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the out, out of the side. Um, but they've got that. That good pack, you know, they've got the big fella going forward, uh, the big dog, as they call him. Warrior Hargraves. Warrior Hargraves. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, he's outstanding. They've got Jakey, a friend at the hooker there. He's in best, career best yep. form. He's playing very well. Um, and they've, got, they've just got a good pack that, that work, just take it up, take it up. Um, and then the brilliance of Tedesco comes in and, and creates something from nothing. And, yeah, within a couple of minutes, the game could be over. Yeah, uh, more injury news. Um, Para, they lost Mitchell Moses uh, with a calf injury. Mm. Um, they actually, like the Roosters, they managed to rally and, and win that game against the Raiders. They were down 12-6 when Moses went off. They were doing it comfortably. They nearly threw it away and went to Golden Point, but Clint Gutherson stepped up with an amazing yeah. uh, field goal. So that's um, it's certainly going to test the Eels, losing Moses. Yeah, certainly will. And you know, um, the, the young fellow that stepped into his place uh, there, it was it Nathan? Dylan Brown. Dylan, Sorry, Dylan yeah. Brown. Wasn't he fantastic? Like I, was, he, I was watching him uh, in the last set before Gutherson's field goal. I was watching yep. Dylan Brown because I thought, okay, he might step up and have a crack here yep. for a field goal. He was dancing to the music. They were playing music over the loudspeakers. He was literally <laughs> dancing with a score at 24 all. Just shows how... Um, you know, how unflappable this kid is and yeah. how Parramatta's in really good hands with him in the side. Well, everyone was saying that Moses is the linchpin. Everything revolves around him. And all of a sudden, uh, he's not there. He's gone off with injury. He could be out for two or three weeks. And he, Dylan Brown stepped forward and he's filled the, the void straight away. Not a problem in the world. He's led them to a, to a, to a victory. Um, and I can see it only getting better. He's not he's not the quickest player, but he's certainly got the smart and the guiles how to play. And he's built himself up. I think he's he's physically stronger this year. Yeah, which is, he's, he's making some very important tackles. He's only a kid. What's he? Nineteen years of age. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen years of age. Huge future. A huge future. So um, that's that's great for Parramatta. They learnt on the week before when they got done by the Roosters. They learnt that you know how to run a game, how to manage a game. And you can see the players maturing as the season goes on. Yep, six and one power, fantastic start, best start since those glory days back in the eighties. Uh, Campbell Gillard, he was fantastic. Uh, it was his best game for Para, uh, as you mentioned, Dylan Brown also great. Gutherson sensational. Now from the Raiders, uh, they've had a bit of a flat patch. Um, no doubt they can turn it around, but they're 
they won't have Corey Horsburgh, the fiery mm. redhead. He's out for 12 weeks wow. with a foot injury. He, he, when he left the field, he was very emotional. It was quite. It was interesting to, to watch. And he, he gave the, the finger to the crowd. There was 560 of us there. It wasn't me, Corey, if you're listening. It wasn't me. But he wasn't happy with a few people in the, in the crowd. And he gave them the finger. Brett White, the former player for the Raiders, he had to really hold him back because I think he would have jumped into the grandstand, Corey Horsburgh. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have a, a teammate, perhaps, that um, sort of uh, uh, interacted with the fans? I had one teammate who I played with my entire career who interacted with the fans throughout his entire career, whether it be in Australia or the United Kingdom or New Zealand. It was Stephen Big Blocker Roach. Um, he gave plenty of uh, members of the public the finger, <laughs> tapped them on the head, Told them they were um, wombats. <laughs> yes, a Don't very colourful him. career is yeah. big Stephen Blocker H. And uh, so that's that's what's what happens with the big fellas. They become a bit emotional. But with Corey Hornsborough, he was just unlucky. I think he thought someone tweaked his foot, but it actually turned out he got his leg caught in an awkward situation and it's just an accident that happened. Yeah. You know, you couldn't blame anyone for what had what happened and he's out for yeah, for twelve weeks. So yeah, big blocker was in the league of his own. <laughs> We love our blocker. Now, what about Manly? Are they a one-man band? Tommy Trevojevic, he doesn't play, and they get walloped by the mm. Sharks. I think a lot of people were tipping Manly to win this one, I despite missing Tommy. Mm. I tipped the Sharks, actually. I'll keep that quiet for you. Uh, and Dylan Walker was out also, but they were never in this game. It was 40-12 no. to 12 at one stage, finished yep. up 40-22. to 22. That's a real yep. problem for Dez. That's a massive problem for Dez on the back of the week before, and that's one of their greatest victories ever. Um, yes, I certainly think they are a one-trick pony uh, without Tommy Trevojevic. He does so much work, not just on the ball around the middle of the ruck, but also out wide, uh, kick receptions, up the middle, inside his brother around, around the middle of the ruck. You know, he's six foot five and you know, 100 kilos. He has an impact wherever he gets the ball, and you just can't replace that, that impact in the game. And, uh, you know, everything comes off the back of Tommy. So, yes, I think there's massive problems there for Manly. As a former fullback, who have you got? What's your pecking order? You got Tedesco, you got Travoyevic, and what about Gutherson? Does he come into the the argument there at all? Oh, very good player. He's not quite in their league. You know, those two are very good players. Um, uh, I'd probably have Tedesco, certainly Tedesco first, and Tommy Turbo just below him um, when he's fit. Yeah, Gutherson's up there, certainly is. Um, you know, he'd be he'd be certainly in the mix, but at the moment, yeah, Tommy Tur- uh, T- yeah. Travoyevic, um, Tedesco would certainly be my number one. Uh, how, how he's matured from coming from the West Tigers to the to the Roosters, and he's gone to another level in, his, in his, the way he plays the game. Not just out wide, but also around the ruck as well. Um, you can do your three on twos out the edges, but he also does the hard stuff around the ruck, and that's what that's what Tommy Turbo does too. So I, I really admire that. When um, Tedesco tore apart the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting with a good friend of mine who's a Tigers fan, and he really struggled to watch that game, mm. knowing that Tedesco used to be at his club. Mm. Does it? Does it? Is it yeah. like a? Is it like a kick in the guts every time you see Tedesco oh, carving up? Absolutely, absolutely. Because look, he, w- he he was a great player for us, but he would never have gone to that next level if he'd stayed with us because he got great players around him. If you're a great player and you go to a great team with great players around you, you're going to become a better player. You know, um, dare I say it? I would probably love to have played with Parramatta in the mid-80s, behind Sterling, Kenny, Cronin, Ella, Growth. I would love to be in that back line in that era because, yeah, it certainly would have helped my play and would have scored 100 tries rather than than 60. So, yes, it certainly does take that next level and and that's what's happened with with him going there to the Roosters. Yeah, Paul Taylor was the uh, number one there, wasn't he? Yeah, Paul Taylor. I don't think he was a prolific try scorer, was he? I think, uh, well, you had Guru. He did 30 tackles from fullback. Yeah. Squizzy, old Squizzy. He was tough. He was tough, yeah. Sterling used to go back there and he'd come up to halfback and just swap over. But he was more... uh, as a defence, I think Jack tried to change the game there, making him a defensive fullback. 
you know, from 30 tackles a game. And But I'd love to have been at that Parramatta side at that era. It certainly would have um, been, been a, yeah, I would have won a comp if I had still went there. Yeah. We won't mention the comps, huh? No, we won't. No, don't okay. 88, 89. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, now, one thing that sort of intrigued me is um, I thought with the revamped rules, the quicker pace of the game, mm. I would have thought Damien Cook at Souths mm. would have really had a, a bigger impact. He's been quiet, to be mm. honest, yep. and, and it's sort of reflecting South's form, which is pretty mediocre. It's yep. got to be said. They haven't beaten any yep. any big teams yet. What do you think that is? Why is We're going to see uh, Cookie explode soon, you think? I think we will, but I think they're really missing um, Sam Burgess. Obviously, he's not going to come back this year, and that's that's the problem. You know, you've got to, you've got to have your your big fellas hitting it up, and you've got to be controlling the middle of the ruck, middle of the field, and you've got to get on the back of a quick play of the ball. If you don't, if you get a slow play of the ball, you know you, you're not going to take those meters for that for that jump out and you make an extra ten meters or get in behind the back door there and make a make a break. So they're really missing that domination in the forwards, and then he comes on the back of that. And then all of a sudden, then the fullback comes on the back of that. So it's a bit of a springboard effect, uh, c- controlling the middle of the ruck. And, and yeah, that's, that's the South are very hot and cold at the moment. And that's probably one of the reasons why he hasn't stepped up, because they're losing that battle in the middle. Yeah, well, that was always going to be the problem for South, wasn't it? They yeah. lost Sam, they lost his brother George, yeah. uh, Johnny Sutton. They've lost a lot of experience and go forward in that yep. pack. Yep. So perhaps that's why Cook's... Um, yeah, sort of lagging in form, but no doubt he's such a, a quality he player. Yeah, He'll bounce yeah. back. Speaking of bouncing back, the Cowboys did that. Where did this come from? The Tigers smashing the week before. There's a lot of pressure on Paul Green. They're up against Newcastle, who have been so consistent to start the year under their new coach, Adam O'Brien, but they yeah. were terrible. They looked like they were holidays up there the nights, and the Cowboys just ran out to a 26-0 lead, and they hang on to win uh, 32-20. to I don't know if it was more the Cowboys were in great form or the mm. Knights just went back to their bad old ways. I think it was really the Knights just went to their bad old days. You know, um, They sort of got, maybe got caught up in the hype from the week before, how well they were going. You know, they put two or three games back together. They played well. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, they are bad form by the Cowboys, and uh, they were... They thought it was, it was just going to happen, but you have to make it happen when you're out in the field. And the key players needed to stand up. I thought Mitchell Pearce was a bit disappointing. Um, I, yeah, know, Ponga, Ponga was off. Ponga, Ponga, Ponga was off because what they with Ponga, every time they got the ball, they'd kick it out. So by finding the touchline on the fifth play, it just takes Ponga's return out of play, or they kick it dead so that he can't return the ball. So they, they were quite methodical in the way that they they took him out of the game, and then frustration steps in. You know, he throws a silly pass or he, he, he drops a ball or whatever, unlike Ponga, which is he doesn't do that sort of stuff, on the back of he couldn't get his kick returns in. And they kept him out of the game and he did have an impact in the game later on, uh, but they were they were well and truly beaten by a, a very strong and committed Cowboys team. Yeah, and credit to the Cowboys and, and Coach Green because they did mix things up. They've been guilty of being a bit predictable, the Cowboys, but their attack on the weekend was a lot more ad-lib. They attacked what they saw and I mm. thought that's that's a big difference. That's a big reason they uh, got the yeah. job done. Yeah, and they got some good young kids coming through as well. I really you know, admire the way they played. But you know, when you say I admired them, because they copped a bit of a hammering the last couple of weeks, and they had to stand up. They're at they're at home in front of their home crowd, um, and they did, and they really put it to, to Newcastle, who'd been playing so well. So, you know, that that home ground, you, you've really got to take advantage of it. Uh, even though the crowds aren't there, but they certainly um, mm. they stepped up and they're very proud of their performance. And Jimmy, the thing is, with James Tamalolo, Jason Tamalolo yep. in your in your squad, yeah. you've only just got to be good around him because he is such a weapon, Tamalolo. Oh. That uh, if you can just perform admirably around him, they're going to be a force. Yeah, with um, him in the side, he's a freak. He's yeah. a freak of nature. You know, what's he 
25 runs, 300 plus metres a game consistently, mm. more run metres than anyone in the game. Um, he's just a human wrecking ball. And, <laughs> yes. and that's, that, that's, that's what he is. How, how would you have stopped him? Around the ankles. That's you, right. Yeah? I'd, yeah. Get, I'd get around. You couldn't go high. You couldn't go around his chest. You know, you couldn't go around his, his hips or waist. You'd have to just go low. He, he'd just run along with you, hanging off your <laughs> just Cut him like a tree. Oh, okay. Around the ankles and yeah. bring him down. I'm but, not sure um, it'd be that easy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It made, of course, what about I've... I've um, no, I missed Jay Lloyd, didn't I? I didn't get Jay Lloyd. Did I, get, I must have got someone. Yeah. I must have got someone. Oh, we'll go back through Henderson the Henderson Gill. Got a Henderson Gill there a couple of times oh, there. Henderson Gill. He was a wrecking ball too. Now, what about the Warriors? What were they? We couldn't work out why they sacked Stephen Kearney yeah. when they did. I mean, they would have had yeah. a few chances over the last few years, but they, they chose to do so this year in the middle of all the COVID-19. And guess what? They got oh, flogged again. Hammered. 50 points to six by the storm with Todd Payton as the interim coach. No reflection on Todd, but no. it, it, it just... It no. just was a, a, a dumb decision, and it's obviously impacted on the playing squad. We've got three players saying they want to head home to see their families. Yep. They're unravelling before our very eyes. Yeah, that's right. It was a, a very dumb decision. Certainly wait till they get back before they do that sort of decisions to sack the coach. And, you know, that I think uh, Kearney did a lot of work in the background. Um, he's a very experienced coach. And, you know, you, you play for your coach. And from what from what I've understood, Adam, it's like they really like the bloke and they really admire the bloke. So then for him to be given the chop when they're over here, like, what, what are we doing here? You know, what, we're putting our necks on the, the line to, for the competition. We're an integral part of the competition, and they've just sacked our coach. Like he's our leader. So you know, no wonder they got beat by fifty. And then, you know, then they expect us to carry on for another six weeks. Or so. It's certainly they're going to miss miss Carney's uh, input in the team, and you know. Um, it, it could get worse. It could get even worse for for the Warriors. Well, the good news for the Warriors is they play the Broncos this week. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that is the good news. I knew it would get better. <laughs> they are a chance. That, which brings us to the Fen. Now, this is the part where uh, you can have your say on an issue, and we've, we haven't touched the Broncos yet, but there were some scenes after their loss to the Gold Coast Titans at Suncorp Stadium. 30 to 12, they went down. To little brother, the Titans, who were mm. running last at the mm. time, we must point out. Mm. And they were never in this game, the Broncos. They were played off the park, 22-0 at halftime. There were some scenes after the game where Broncos players, Isaac Luke was one, I think Darius Boyd another, where they were smiling and laughing in some instances with their Titans rivals. And that really uh, upset some Broncos fans who are hurting at the moment. The side's battling. They've lost five in a row. What did you think of those scenes? Um, you know, when you see players laughing and smiling at the end of the game, obviously you must have thought they've won the game. But they've lost five in a row. Um, and... It's the great Broncos club. You know, they've, they've got some massive problems there at that club. I really, you know, Wayne Bennett was there for such a long time, 30-odd years. I really don't think that they're playing for the coach. You know, you do play for your coach, and that's, that is an important guy in your success. Um, I think he, he's lost the dressing shed as Anthony Seabolt. Uh, you, you look at their, their performances the last uh, five games. They lost 34-6. to six. That was against the Eels. They lost 59-0 against the Roosters. Had a win, uh, had lost. Sorry, they lost twenty to eighteen against the Seagulls. Lost twenty-seven to six against the Knights, and then thirty points to twelve by the Titans. And the Titans are coming last in the competition, last, and they lapped them. It was all over at half time. I mean, and but then it really upset me to see those players laughing and joking. Like, like but, but that's the modern day player, you know. They, they get paid no matter what. We got paid end of June, the end of end of September, end of October. They get paid every month. Look, it doesn't matter to these guys. It doesn't matter to Anthony Milford. Sitting by the way he's playing, you know, it doesn't matter because he still gets his money. You know, nine hundred thousand, whatever it may be. Good luck to him. But there's got to be some effort. There's got to be some 
Just got to stand, stand up. Give me the ball and let me make a difference. Let me show you what I can do with the ball. Give me the ball and, and I'll win this game for you. And, and follow me. I know they let some players go last year, some older heads, and you've got to have that balance because they wanted that young pack to come through. But really, there seems to be a, a great lack of uh, commitment, uh, desire, uh, respect, encouraged by the by the Broncos pack. It, well, it's not just the pack; it's everyone, everyone that's out there. It's a sad reflection of the entire team, really. That um, that they're laughing and joking, and the and the zero and five. Maybe we had Alan Jones there as a coach there in '91. I know a little bit about you know, not winning games, and <laughs> on the back of that, well, our first eleven games in '91, uh, we had ten losses in a draw. So you know they're only halfway there at five. So I know what it's like, and from my own point of view, um, all I wanted to do was, look, just give me the ball, and I'll do everything I can to make sure that I'm a, an 8 out of 10 or whatever I can be. So at, at the end of the day, I've played my best footy. I know if I've done my job, someone else does their job, someone else does their job, then together we can win the game. So what would you do if you lost a game? In that year you're talking about, 91, did you hang around and talk to the opposition? Did no. you have- what did you do? No, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed. It was it was frustration that we couldn't win, and we're all we're all trying. Sometimes we might have been trying too hard. But, you know, some decisions that go against you, and it was a real. It was a we we come from the back of Warren Ryan where it was all about defence. You know, defence wins games, and the game hasn't changed much. And and all of a sudden, it was all about throw the ball around inside, outside, let it sing. Was sort of like the, the catch catch cry. Great <laughs> girl off our side, and it didn't clearly work. You know, it didn't work. You just can't throw it inside, outside, let it sing. So it was a real uh, to be successful to go back to a, a team that was you know, bottom of the competition, and we had to start again uh, with a new coach. And slowly but surely, we, we got together. I think we finished sixteenth and fifteenth the first couple of years, but it took a long time. But they've they've got such a great squad. You know, it, it all starts with defence, and if they get their defence right then they can build on their attack. But at the moment, there's no defence, there's no communication, there's no enjoyment. Key players aren't stepping up. Uh, it's really, really sad. And, and you see the coach, you know, you saw the coach there on the weekend talking about the team's performance and, you know, if he gets a tap on the shoulder or, you know, he's the bloke to lead them out of the situation and if they want to sweep to him, well, then that's up to their, their decision. Really, he looked a bit sort of clueless to me. He didn't have any answers. Well, he might get some answers with some troops coming back. They are missing David Fafida, Jake Turpin, Jack Bird, who's hardly played the last few years since leaving Cronulla, Katani Staggs, Jordan Kahu. So if they get those guys back, there is hope for the Broncos that they can turn things around, but they need to get moving really I don't quickly. think so. I no, don't think so. You don't, you don't oh, see no, them making the finals? No, 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 definitely not. No, they won't make the finals from where they are now. It's, it's too far gone. Okay, all right. Well, that is uh, it for our first episode of The oh, Fend. That flew, well, didn't it? That was quick. That was the yeah. quickest half hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. We hope yeah. runners are not off. We hope. Uh... And just so you know, John Hopawade will be out for six to eight weeks uh, with Canterbury with a leg injury. Oh, Will Hopawade. Will Hopawade, sorry. Uh, John Hopawade's been. <laughs> He's been missing for a while. <laughs> I just had Opawale yeah, written there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Will Opawade. So he won't be back. And that's more bad news for poor old Canterbury. Oh. 
you know, who uh, who have really struggled and uh, need some players. They, they need some players to... Um, yeah, I feel, I feel for Dean Payne. I think yeah. he's doing the best he can with the, the roster with the, he has. With the roster he's got, yeah. They so just, they just all bad news. Three, they need three or four class players. Don't they? they get Luke Thompson, the big Englishman, in the yes. forwards this week, but I think it's in the backs they need some new recruits to uh, get the ball over the line. They're really struggling there. Mm. Mm. As I said, that is the first episode of The Fend. Done and dusted. Jimmy Jack, thank you very much. Thanks, Horsey. Great. Talk to you next week. Thank all you. Right. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if so, make sure you subscribe or share, even leave some feedback. But that is it for now. Enjoy the footy this weekend, and we'll chat again next week. Thank you.